it's always an honor. Well, it's an honor for us. All right, well, let's start with Tom Brady uh, retiring again after 23 seasons. You know, you look at his this guy's career coach and everything he's accomplished, 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven Super Bowl wins, more than any other team in NFL history. He's the all-time leader yeah. in every major category. I mean, this guy was a six-round pick. This guy shared reps, game reps, with Drew Henson back in the day. I remember that. I mean, you know, yeah. watching this kid in college, did you ever think he would have the kind of pro career that he's had, Coach? Oh, oh heavens no. <laughs> I can remember watching him in college and thought he was a good player. To put him in this up in this stature, heavens no. Uh He's made himself that too, John. I mean, you you just got to give him credit. He he made himself that. He he lucked out where he went. There is no doubt about that. He got the break he needed uh, when uh, who was it? Was it uh, who got hurt? Bledsoe. Drew, when Drew Bledsoe, Bledsoe got yeah. hurt, yeah, and, and he got his shot. A funny aside there, Coach. You know, I'm from New York, and you know, I've, I've followed the Jets uh, pretty much my whole yeah. life. Mo Lewis was the guy, the linebacker that hit Drew Bledsoe and knocked him out of the game, and basically ushered in the Tom Brady era, and he went on to torture the Jets for 20 years. He was 30-7 and seven lifetime against the New York Jets. So, Mo Lewis can't even get arrested in New York City right now. He's public enemy number one because they hold him responsible for, for ushering in the Tom Brady era. That That is hilarious. What, what, what a legacy to have on right. yourself, right? <laughs> That's right. You're, you're the man that made Tom Brady what he is today. <laughs> I mean, that's like it's pitching on the guy that hits the the historic home run or whatever. I mean, that's that's I did not know that. Yeah, I learned yeah, something. Yeah, today. they played the so. New York Jets, and it was a linebacker, really good linebacker, Mo Lewis, who hit. Oh, Drew he was Bled a real good right, player. Right, yeah. you remember him? He hit. He I hit remember Drew, him well. He hit Drew Bledsoe, injured him. Tom Brady came in, and the rest, as they say, is history. The rest is history, and I've always said, John. Uh, we're all victims of our environments, and and there's no doubt Tom was put in a fantastic environment. But he just he did it. He he just took it and ran with it. And uh, it's an unbelievable career. It's it's a great story for young kids to study because he's just worked his way through everything. He's never been the guy. He wasn't the guy at Michigan for mm-hmm. a while, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and he sure wasn't a guy with the Patriots and then he just, he just hung in there and hung in there and, and, uh, his work ethic, his off the field habits probably are number one, top of the line, the way he takes care of himself in the all season. Um, just you go study everything that he did. He did it right. And it, and it was the way you would want everybody to do it. I think you would say the same thing. So an, an unbelievable idol for these young kids. My, my, I told you before, my two idols are Mickey Mantle and Joe Namath. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, were, they, they, they did not take care of themselves as much off the field, <laughs> but were great players, great players. No uh, but this guy took such care of himself, John, and that's why he's lasted so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've taken a lesson from him. I just I just got done drinking my – my athletic greens, and so, you know, taking my vitamins and saying my prayers like Hulk yeah. Hogan. Coach, if you were coaching a guy like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning and they said, listen, Coach Brown, I got this. You worry about managing the game. I'll handle the offense. You know, I'll recognize the coverages. I'll know what audibles to go to. 
do you give a guy like that more freedom than you would other you know other quarterbacks? Well, it, it, when it happens, I've I've done it with a few in my time through my years. One of them was right there in Nashville with with Whit Taylor, and as as by the Whit's second year that I had him, I just let him go. Now, I mean, we're we're in meetings every day and we're talking through. Okay, if you see this, sure, this is the perfect thing. Blah blah blah. But you just let him go. Uh, I didn't ever have to worry about a call play with Witt because, number one, I knew he'd get us in the right one. Mm-hmm. And number two, I knew no matter what, if it wasn't a great coverage for the call pass, Witt would know where to take it because of the coverage. So he he just never hardly ever threw into coverage. And and uh, so, yeah, you get one of those, man. You just uh, – I don't think you realize it till they're gone just how good they were and how important – how easy they made it on you. And uh, great players make it easy on coaches, especially great players that want to learn and stay within the system. John, I've had great players that were hard to keep them in the system. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that guy's real hard to coach because he just, he'd make plays and not be in the system. So then all of a sudden he'd think, well, it's okay. I can do it anyway. And then all of a sudden it gets you. And and uh, so you get one of those like Bill Belichick had, like Bruce Arians had. I mean, I'm very good friends with Bruce, and I promise you, oh, Bruce, Bruce just is, got Bruce out is of the that way. dude, isn't he? I love Bruce. Yeah, he, he he is, and I promise you, knowing Bruce like I do, uh, we've gone against each other forever. First time we ever met was he was the head coach at Temple, and I was the head coach at Cincinnati. And we've just gone from there. And matter of fact, John, that was the first night of no huddle offense. I used it first time ever against Bruce. Wow! And, and we we beat them really good. And then it it's it's just been that was 1983 for God's sake. <laughs> but Bruce, I promise you, let Tom go. He taught him the system. He took some of Tom's stuff and put in the system. He got back out of the way and let him go. Coach, uh, by the way, it's a coach's view sponsored by Richard Courtney Realtors. Coach, explain that to our listeners if you could a little bit more. It's one thing I you know. Todd Downing, you know, took a bath in this town over his play calling. But explain to our, our listeners, it's one thing for a coach or an offensive coordinator to call a play. A lot of it's up to the quarterback once he breaks the huddle and and and, and looks over the defense to get out of that play call potentially and into a better call vis-a-vis an audible, right? That's That's part of it. That's one way. Another way is you've got a run called here and a pass called on the other side. Let's say you got a a run to the left. This is the I watched the Eagles. This is the, when they went down the field and scored uh, and put the game away. And Jalen Hurts carried it three or four times in a row. They had a run call to the one receiver side to the left. They had a pass a bubble t- to the three receiver side to the right. And they overplayed the three receiver side in coverage, and so he ran the run. If they had balanced up and left left it a half a man short to the three receiver side, he would have thrown it there. So that's another way a quarterback can do it. And the third way a quarterback can do it is on a pass play, you take the ball at a certain point by coverage. So if if a offensive coach is calling a play, and let's say it's a curl to the one receiver side, and then you you've got a a flat route and a deep out and a single the third receiver running down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. You could go to the single side if he's single coverage. If it's double safeties and a two deep look, you go to the guy running down the middle of the field. 
if it's kind of a quarters too deep look, quarters look, then you would throw the deep out to the flat guy. And your quarterback has to know that really well and with under 2.5 seconds. <laughs> so he's got to go one of three places in less than 2.5 seconds. Takes a special guy to do that kind of stuff. And so there's three ways a quarterback controls a game that really the head coach is not, or the play caller is not, and he catches a lot of good things or grief that mm-hmm. offensive coordinator does, John. A lot of times it's not the coordinator, it's the quarterback. Coach, uh, you mentioned the Eagles, and listen, I'm a New York Giants fan, so I sports hate them. I, I'm going to be rooting for Kansas City in the Super Bowl. But I got to give credit where it's due. You know, you look at last year where Jalen Hurts was and where this Eagles offense was to where it is now. What, in your view, has Sirianni done in that year to make this this Eagles offense so much better and Jalen Hurts so much better? That guy might win league MVP. You start with the quarterback. You better, John, always do what the quarterback does best. You right. cannot run an offense and it not fit the quarterback. I can say that back in the 80s. I, you sure say it now because these offenses are much more quarterback-oriented. So you start with him, and what they're doing is they're running a college offense. It's very similar to the Ravens. Okay. Uh, it's very similar. I think Jalen is a better runner than uh, Lamar is because he's so much bigger and stronger. Oh. And uh, Lamar is unbelievably fast, so he gives you the big play. But Jalen, four and five and six yards to the death, he's smart. He knows when to get on the ground. He did get hurt and miss games. But they're running a college quarterback-oriented offense. The reason their offense is so good, their passing game goes off of their running game. And so if the running game's going, the passing game's going to be good too. And they have that third runner that most offenses don't have, that being the quarterback. And that's like playing a 12th man. You've got an extra, but you spread them all over the field, John, and you keep a back and the quarterback in the backfield. You've got one extra guy than those guys inside have got if they spread out all over the field with them. And that's the simple theory of it. So I think because he's such a good runner and because they went to what he does best, it made their offense one of the best in the league with a great offensive line, by the way. And, and it also made Jalen Hurts one of the best players in the league. Too many coaches in this world, it's easy for me to look back because I did it some. Too many coaches yeah. in this world try to run an offense and don't run an offense that fits the players that you have. And I think the Eagles have done a fantastic job of that. I think Dable did a nice job of that with Daniel Jones, too, this year. He did. Absolutely. And look how it turned him around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look how it turned Daniel Jones around and look how it turned the Giants around. And the other thing that's interesting to me, John, it's amazing. And I think the reason is not college offenses are so great, but we're seeing two college offenses play each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The the Chiefs run a very college-style offense, and the the Eagles absolutely do. I don't think that's because the offenses are good and they're copying. I think they're taking these college players that are coming out. These quarterbacks are different now. They're all athletes. They can run a little bit. They can scramble around. The old, the Tom Brady's of the world are not around now. Even Herbert, with a tall guy like that, that um, uh, um, uh, the guy, the Jacksonville guy, oh, tall uh, guy, Trevor Lawrence, he, Trevor Lawrence. But they're athletes, 
And so they're using them that way, and that's why a lot of these pros offenses are headed toward the college way because these college quarterbacks are that style of guy. A coach's view with Watson Brown presented by Richard Courtney Realtors. Coach, uh, obviously uh, NFL coaches, GMs are all uh, at the Senior Bowl right now scouting talent. What do you think Mike Vrabel is looking for and the other NFL coaches? What kind of qualities are they looking for from these players that are practicing this week? And, of course, they're going to play on Saturday. Well, I think they, if they're smart, and I went every year, 12 years in a row at UAB, I had some players there every year, but I also just enjoyed driving down the road and watching that. And yeah. it's unbelievable the number. They do their, quote, coaches convention, John, around that. Mm-hmm. So every staff is there. Every staff is in town, and I think they study every player because early in the draft, you try to fix your needs. Late in the draft, sometimes you just want the best player available. And uh, they all interview every one of them. Uh, the position coach might interview, like I said, if it's a receiver, the Ravens position coach interviews him, the Chiefs position coach interviews him. Now, the Chiefs aren't there, and the Eagles aren't there, but everybody else would be. And, and it's a unique atmosphere, and you just watch all these head coaches and assistants walking around the fields, <laughs> sitting in the stands, talking with their GMs, it's an unbelievable week, and I think a lot is done. A lot more is done in that week. I'm not sure there's not as much done in that week as the combine week, to be very honest. Yeah. Wow. Amazing stuff, Coach. As always, we love having you on. Thanks again for being flexible with us and coming on today. Uh, normally, as we said, we have you on on Wednesdays. Uh, love doing this with you every week, and uh, you say it's an honor. It's an honor for us, Coach. Well, it is an honor, and I know you've enjoyed a day pogey off, so and congratulations. That, I can neither confirm got, nor deny that, Coach. To... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love him. Oh, we, we do. love him. He's the best. Have a wonderful Thanks, day, Coach, God. and a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Okay, buddy. See you. All right. Watson Brown.